You are about to enter a great adventure. This is starting from Gorilla. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a special Thanksgiving week. Uh, edition of Strutting from Gorilla. I am Mikey Cash, and with me as always is Big Vito. Big Vito, how you doing? Mikey Cash, what's going on? Ready uh, for some turkey. Oh, you and me both, my man, you and me both. But before that, we got a, a, a fun-filled episode today. We're going to be talking about Full Gear, we're going to be talking about Survivor Series, and plenty of other things. But before we get into that, all these jabronis listening on the airwaves need to find us on the socials. So here it is. Facebook at SFG Podcast, Twitter and TikTok at from underscore gorilla, on the Instagram at SF Gorilla Pod, and of course our website, struttingfromgorilla.com. If you go there this week, you'll see that there's a new article up from yours truly, giving some knee jerk reactions to full gear, which I will get into a little bit more. Uh, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, feel free to leave us a five star rating and review. These two idiots would really appreciate it. So thank you. Uh, so again, today's episode covering some full gear, man. That was it was a wild show. We got Survivor yeah. Series coming up. I mean, Impact also had a pay per view on Friday. Ring of Honor has a pay per view coming up. In yeah, two weeks. I mean, it's, this is a a real action packed time for wrestling. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it's a it's a wrestling fan's wet dream with all these stuff going on here. It's just uh, it's. It's it's a good time, Mikey. You know, it's yeah. we haven't we haven't been on here as as often, um, no. but there's been a lot going on. I mean, we've focused a lot on WWE, but AEW's had a ton going on. I mean, I don't even think we've brushed on the CM Punk situation um, with all nope. of that going on, and we were all so excited about uh, him coming in, and it's just it was a what a what a cluster fuck like, that was dude we need we need like a special episode to just focus on that that needs to be like a little like pot shot episode where we just spend like 45 minutes just hammering cm punk and all the shit that happened since he returned to aw we do it's it's one of those things where you know i still love the guy like i don't know what yeah. it is but it's just like such a bad taste it's like dude. fool me once with wwe fool me twice with aw and and now what's he gonna do he 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 shit on WWE. There's no way they're gonna take him back. And uh it's and we'll have to oh, what what is that? What what is that music? Do you Who? hear it too? What? Who? What? Who the hell is what? That? what is going on here? What is What you motherfuckers? What's up boys? Oh my God! <laughs> the leader right. of men, Bobby. You're goddamn right. Welcome Dude. back to Bobby Stone. That's right, the leader of men. And I didn't even let you welcome me. I wanted to welcome myself back, gentlemen. It's been a long, long time. And uh, can I just say one thing? Because you know I'm here. Sure. Bravo, gentlemen. Uh. My my. My strutting from Gorilla Crew has, has has turned from a very small little flower, and now it's grown into a field of weeds. <laughs> that's exactly how we want to be described. Yeah, that's exactly what we want. No matter how much you don't want us, we get out popping up. We're You're like mint. 
you're like mint. You put down one leaf of mint in your garden, and next thing you know, your whole garden is mint. Well, yeah, I, I consider us more of like a dandelion where that podcast that won't go away, you know, that one weed that just is a pain in the ass, but it's sort of beautiful inside and it has great right. intention. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, yeah. You know, I, uh, I needed to tell you a couple of things. One, you guys have been crushing the game. Uh, I have been uh, watching from the sidelines. I've been on hiatus, doing big things, doing big things. You know, um, that's a lie. I actually just went to Hawaii for a couple of weeks. Prior to that, I was working. It's been a boring life. But um, what hasn't been boring has been these shows that you guys have been putting out. The Kurt Angle episode that you guys just did was uh, was spot on. It was a great spotlight. You know. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was there on the I was on the on the forefront, watching us go through some of the struggles of strutting from Gorilla and seeing how uh, how things have developed. It sounds good, it looks good. You guys look great, sound great, and um, and I need to tell you that I am pissed that I never bought the WWE stock like I said I would. Oh, is this oh, a stock here. update? This is the one? stock update. Gentlemen, yes. last time I gave you a stock update, we were at like $40 or so. Vince left. It's almost at $80 right now. Today, 1122 oh. I still know nothing about stock, but I don't <laughs> care. I'm just telling you <laughs> that things have changed <laughs> dramatically. So I have to imagine that at least... There's been either another deal or something's happening behind the scenes in Connecticut that it shot up to, you know, twenty-seven dollars in the past year. It's kind of wild. So Rating, I kind of got last year. Are they are they winning the ratings game? I thought that was AEW. We don't really know who's winning the ratings game. Like much of the TV watching audience, we don't really pay attention to that at this point. <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody cares. It's true. Uh, it is it's very true. true. Um, it, it it's so true. Like Kurt Angle, yeah. So, well, for those of you don't who don't know, Bobby Stone, <laughs> the leader of men, he is the architect of uh, strutting from Gorilla. Really set everything up. Um, you know, in our first season, we had him and uh, Big Mango uh, as part of the uh, the the weekly podcast or bi-weekly podcast and um it's great to have you back what a surprise you know i wasn't expecting that mikey cash dude you and me both and and really we have a lot to thank bobby for and and quite honestly i, I think both of us can can agree here that without you setting this up we wouldn't be here bobby so we're really grateful that you're here yeah you're like that first pilgrim that came over it's really fitting right now with thanksgiving coming up and we have a lot to be thankful for and we're continuing to grow so let's 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 see how things go here and um you know bobby we're gonna be talking about AEW and 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 survivor series and um you know i I, i'm not sure what you're caught up on but uh uh, feel free to chime in on any of it with us right i i think that's fantastic and you know what survivor series used to be it was the thanksgiving eve tradition 
that's that's how far back we go with Survivor Series. Is Thanksgiving oh. Eve tradition? It was a part of the four major food groups that uh, eat, sleeped, and lived. WWF at the time, now WWE. Yeah, you had Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, and then everybody was thankful on the Thanksgiving Eve tradition with Survivor Series. And it was in 1993 at Boston, Massachusetts, where um, I think it was, what, Bret Hart uh, and the Hart Foundation? Who did they fight there? Does anybody remember? In 93? Yeah. Oof. Yeah, well. On-the-spot question. That's a great, great question. I I don't know. I just remember the traditional Survivor Series, and it was um, they would always build it up, and all of a sudden you had these uh, rivalries maybe on the same team, or you had uh, you know some baby faces that never were working together finally working together against some of the heels that were going on. Uh, the way they set it up in the past was great, and I think I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, Mike or or, or Bobby, but um, I think it's it's changed, right? It's kind of gone down the wayside. Well, I will let, let me jump in re- real quick here because I want to answer Bobby's question. You were asking yeah. who the Hart Foundation faced at Survivor Series 93. Well, it was not just the Hart Foundation. It was the Hart family. So it was Ooh. Brett, Bruce, Keith, and Owen with Stu Hart at ringside. Yes. Facing Shawn Michaels and his knights. The Black Knight, the Blue Knight, oh, the Red Knight, right. Shawn Michaels. <laughs> and if you can believe it, this match was a half hour long. And but <laughs> I really think that I would say the show stealer was the opening match, which was Billy Gunn versus the Brooklyn Brawler in the singles <laughs> match that went all but seven minutes and forty six seconds. <laughs> But I think that was the beauty of uh, of Survivor Series. It was just a booking of these non-standard matches where it was, you know, you four-man elimination tag matches, and they were glorious to watch. And they, 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 there was an evolution of a storyline within the wrestling match, which was great. Mm-hmm. And I believe it was this was the kickoff between Owen and Brett's. Um, you know, just falling out and, and the start of uh, something great at uh, at WrestleMania later on the, the following year. Yeah, I'd I'd be, you know, I'd I'd be curious to go back and look. My favorite part was sometimes they didn't even like build these up. They just had those great like five minute uh, promos backstage with the teams. Yeah, all with the whole team. Like, yeah, every, and I think everybody I, is just coked out. Like, yeah, yeah, going wild. And I think I remember the the Shawn Michaels one with these random people behind him. I'm like, who the hell are these people? Like, what's going on? And then you got Bret Hart. He's like, you know, I'm not even going to bother doing an impression. Do but it. yeah, but, you know, Mikey Cash, maybe you can give me a little, you know, Bret Hart Survivor Series. Well, promo. you know, I tell you, we're at Survivor Series and Shawn Michaels, you think you're better than everyone else. You're just a prima donna. You're a degenerate. <laughs> now, did you say that to him when you met him uh, a couple no. months back? No, I actually just blacked out. I thought I wish that I could have had like a really great conversation with him, but in fact, I was just I just kept saying, "You're the man," and he kept saying, "I know." 
<laughs> yeah, he was like, he was like, I know I'm the man, and Bill Goldberg still sucks. <laughs> oh god, great memories, great memories. Well, glad glad that I could completely disrupt your format of whatever the show was supposed to be. Happy to be back and be a Tasmanian Devil along the way. Yeah, it was a real uh, regression back to our old rabbit hole days. Yeah, this was absolutely. wonderful. But it was welcome. Absolutely. It was very, very welcome. welcome. Very welcome. So let's uh, let's get right into it, though, let's Mikey. Get into it, man. And and Bobby, feel free to interject. Maybe you have questions. Maybe you want to know more. Uh, feel free to interject. But I think what, what we're going to do is is go over some of the AEW full gear um, matches, and then talk mm-hmm. about Survivor Series coming up. Um, right. War Games and your boys. Uh, strutting from gorilla are going to be in the house there uh in boston right. mass that's right so we're pretty excited about it um we'll make sure that we um we'll make sure that we give a a stellar review when we get back but let, let's let's get right into it mikey all right yeah well like i said before i posted some knee-jerk reactions to this show i was i was actually typing this as i was watching it uh i didn't get to watch it saturday night but i watched it sunday morning and uh my overall thoughts on the show is it's too long. I, I think it was it it was good overall. I thought it was a solid show. Overall, AEW has had a lot of really good pay-per-views in general. I'm just I find myself with sort of the same critique every time, which is there's too many matches and a a handful of them are not pay-per-view caliber. So I just like it's hard for me to get super invested in it. So uh, for me, that's that's my biggest sort of takeaway from the show is as good as it was, I feel like the length of it sort of really took away from that. So I'm kind of finding myself in this weird, weird place with AEW because it's not only the length of time they've had on their show, but also the fact that they have this like weird little DQ problem. And Vito, I'm not sure if you noticed this too. Um, so real quick, before I tell you that answer, uh, Mm -hmm. I want to say, I agree with you about the length of the Mm pay-per-view. Um, what I'll say is I've, a lot of the pay-per-views have been hit or miss for me. Um, and if you guys haven't had a chance, um, make sure you go on, uh, struttingfromgorilla.com and check out Mikey's, uh, uh, little blog post about his review. It's, it's really well done. It's short, concise, but like it's spot on with the, the review. So kudos to you. Thanks, um, but it's, it's strange because I really enjoy the fact that their pay-per-views, they have like what five a year, four a year. Like right. it's not a lot of pay-per-views, which they usually jam with great matches, but you're right. There's too many and some that shouldn't be on there. Um, but it's a weird feeling for me. I don't want them to have more pay-per-views, but I, 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 I want them to keep the, the, the show kind of you know concentrated right i don't want right, to right. spread out um so how do you do that and i think it's just you, you're right you cut some of the the people that are on there and right. if you don't make it you don't make it right like it's yeah make make the next one um but as far as the dq part uh i didn't really notice it until you said it Dude, but it, it makes a ton of sense now that you said it. so to what you were saying about how long the pay-per-views are and all the matches and stuff it, it's going to require Tony Khan to really make some tough decisions here. And sometimes you're going to have to play the bad guy and you're going to have to say, all right, we're not going to put this on here. We'll put it on, 
you know, a themed one of the many fucking themed episodes they have of Dynamite and Rampage, depending on what movie's coming out on TNT. So you can put you you can figure this out. Like you can make this work. And that can be a good show. You know, as much as one of the matches in particular that I thought didn't need to be on that show, and I, I might get a lot of blowback for this, but the Samoa Joe match didn't need to be on that show. Yeah. That was a rampage match. Yeah. That was a main event of rampage. And they have nobody to blame but themselves because they've already set this precedent by doing this. Yeah. Bobby, I, I, you have something to say? So, I do. And one of those, you know, I'd, I'd be lying to you if I said I watched a single ounce of, uh, of AEW's uh, pay-per-view. I did read your article, though, so I thank you for that because now I feel like I'm at least caught up with whatever it was that I didn't miss out on. So when I was at AEW with you gentlemen, one thing I could say was it was too damn long. Like <laughs> I love the fact that But you, you know, didn't fall asleep. That's I the did. real <laughs> That is the real benchmark here. So so that is true. And I mean if there is that part of the rating system. Did I fall asleep or did I not? <laughs> and that still goes to Bill Goldberg on SmackDown, uh, where I fell asleep upon his entrance. Um, this is true. But, uh, but AEW, just as a collective to me, just seems uh, hodgepodged. And this is an outsider's view looking in. It just okay. seems like every time I watch a match, there's not necessarily, it just kind of seems like when I used to watch like just a random Saturday night match at like a, a city hall or a, or a Knights of Columbus or whatever type mm-hmm. of, you know, smaller venue it was, it just seemed like people were just getting thrown together and hoping that something like magical happened. And 85% of the time, nothing magical happened. So do you yeah. think that was, from what I hear right now, about 50% of the AEW pay-per-view didn't hit? Is that fair to say? Uh, I mean, I don't know if it's 85% of it didn't hit. I I would, I would lower. Okay. I gave you 50. Would, all right, I'd go 50. I'd go 50. Because there was plenty of matches on here that I thought, Deserve to be on here and delivered. I'll go through. I'll go through from the top to the bottom. I'm already. I'm looking at my list. Jungle. Start off with the with the opening match. Jungle Boy versus Luchasaurus. That steel cage match was unbelievable. Yeah, they elbow told, drop from the top. Holy shit! They. It was such a great storytelling in that match. I. I. I honestly felt like that was one of the. Like, it felt like watching art. Watching that match, and maybe I'm over exaggerating. But for me, just the way they they played it off, the pace they worked in that match was I, I it was exactly what needed to be for that. It was. But let me ask you a question. As, oh, go ahead. Well, because I wanted to just say, you know, do you think it made a difference because you were a little bit more emotionally involved in that storyline, oh, right? Yeah. Like they built that up, whereas like the Samoa Joe one, you know, it's just, it was just like, three big guys that you know, only one of them can really wrestle and that's Samoa Joe. And, you know, it, it not that the other two are bad. It's just, uh, you know, I, I think that with, with this story, you've been 
you, it was building up. And then there were right. some others that didn't have that story. And it's like, okay, well, where's the mix here, Tony Khan? And let me ask you this question, Mike, uh, sure, before sure, sure. you get into some of the others. Do you yeah. think, and we've talked about this before, that not having Cody Rhodes there to... I, I think a lot of this goes back to what they were doing in the beginning was working and it shifted because they have so many wrestlers. Mm -hmm. Do you think not having a presence like Cody Rhodes, who I, I have a feeling really helped develop a lot of that. Do I you agree. think not having him there makes a big difference? And do you think he was a big part of it? Well, I think he was a big part of it and I think they do miss him, but I don't want to make that the be all end all for why they might be where they are right now. Yeah. Because <clears throat> as much as I'm giving them shit, there's still a lot of this pay-per-view that felt like a little bit of a, of a callback for AEW. Like there was yeah. a lot of focus on the people, you know, the toys that they had in their own sandbox. Yeah. They weren't, there wasn't a lot of focus on the other guys, you know, a lot. I mean, a core, <laughs> three WWE guys were in the ring of honor world championship match. So they kind of seems like they just tossed them off to the side over there. They were like, all right, Daniel's in Claudio Jericho, you guys can fight over here and we're going to have our, our guys over here. We're going to have yeah. our guys fighting for actual AW championships. But you know, I, I didn't, I, I do think that they miss Cody. I do. Yeah. I, I think he mm -hmm. was a big part of that. But again, I don't, I wouldn't blame where they are right now strictly on that and it's not to say that where they are right now is necessarily bad i just no, think agreed. they're still sort of in this transition from they had a huge influx of talent starting in september of last year and it kind of carried over and it created this weird little civil war slash divide there in the locker room because of a lot of them were wwe guys the landscape has changed drastically since last september yeah. vince mcmahon's not even here anymore triple h has taken over I think that's had a lot to do with some of the other issues that might be happening backstage where guys that were Triple H guys are thinking to themselves, eh, maybe I can go back there now because I'll be treated with some respect. Right. Um, Karrion Cross, looking at you, man, you know, just went right over there. But, you know, anyway, I'm getting off on a rant, but the bottom line is it's not all Cody's fault. It's, it's, yeah, no, no, no. I didn't think I didn't mean it like that. I just I think he had a big influence just because oh, Tony, yeah, yeah. Tony Khan's the Tony Khan's the fan with a lot of money that wanted to bring wrestling and take it in another oh. direction. And I give him a lot of credit for that. I just am not sure that, you know, his booking, the way he books, and I think Eric Bischoff, I don't love his takes on everything. He's but like he's like really anti Tony Khan. And I don't, um, I, I see his point, right? Like it's just kind of all over the place right now. It is. Um, but it, but there are times where it, it really is a hit. And then it, it's kind of like dynamite, right? We used to talk about it all the time, be like, oh, that was a really good dynamite. And then there were some were like, that one really sucked. Like it's yeah. the same concept. Um, but, but no, I, going back to the, the Luchasaurus one, I, I thought to me, that was the match of the night. Yeah, it was, I mean, honestly, to me, it, it, I agree with you. I, I thought it was so good. I found myself kind of tearing up at the end, like watching his sister get all yeah. teary and because you just think of his dad and like all of these things. So there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of layers to this rivalry. And, and I thought it was a, just a really well done, kind of a beautiful match. Agreed. So credit to both dudes. Luchasaurus did phenomenal in that match too. I think that was a real showcase for him. Oh, agreed. Agreed. What um, what what would you say was the the next best match on there in your mm. opinion? The next best match, as I'm scrolling through here, uh, 
I know you're going to, this is going to be on brand for me, but it's, it's Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter. Yeah, I know. Well, let's hold on. Time out. Time out. We need to discuss something because I forgot about this and I, I'm not sure we've given I know you the credit say. you deserve here, Mikey, but um, I need you to pull out your, your magic oh, eight sure. ball or your little Oracle, whatever you want to yeah, call yeah. but. I kind of remember a tweet and maybe even a discussion on one of our episodes of you talking about Jamie Hader and what was it that you stated? Uh, this was, uh, you are correct, Vito. This was back in May of this year where we were, we had talked about her and then I had gone on and tweeted that by the, by the end of this year, Jamie Hader will be a champion. And Actually, I think nobody liked it. <laughs> I got absolutely no traction. I'm not even sure I, I liked it. To I don't be think honest. anybody liked it. So I, it, this is for me to say, I told you so. She's fucking awesome. She just needed time. And look yep. at look at where we are. Hey, you know, I give you kudos. You know, the you are the women's wrestling guru here at Strutting from Gorilla Number One. But anytime you can make a prediction, a bold prediction, it like was that, a bold prediction. It was. You, you know, that's like that's like saying, "Hey, you weren't skating around like some of these uh, NFL analysts do." Like, well, I don't know. I think the Rams are going to win. I think this is going to happen. Yeah. But this could happen. And you're playing both sides of the fence. You were definitive and said, "No, this she's going to be a uh, champion." You knew it, and boom, she moment. is. Um, but how, how do you feel about the, uh, the, these interim champions, Mikey, like, give me uh, your, give me your thoughts. Well, I, I, quite honestly, I'm just going to quote Sean Spears who tweeted this as well. And he I did. agree with him a hundred percent. This interim stuff is bullshit. It's yeah, enough. It's one thing to do what they started this when Cody was there right at the end of it, this whole inter the interim TNT champion that was he was a champion for only two weeks and then they had the ladder match thing and then they did the interim world champion and they've done that what twice now with the with the world championship i think they might have done it three times oh they've done it with the world champion twice now yeah they've been doing it with uh with the women's championship and it's been like months since thunder rosa has been there like she's in if she's actually injured which apparently there's all this like scuttlebutt about how legit that is but if she is injured, like you got to just take the belt off, like enough because it's diminishing what both Tony Storm and Jamie Hader are doing now, and yeah. where where these rivalries will continue to go. Because who's whoever Hader fights later, whether that's going to be Brit or if Soraya finds herself in a title match, it, you can't be sort of discrediting these women by saying, "Well, oh, they're a great champion, but they're not the real champion." That's the way it comes off. So it's a bit yeah. of like a a marketing issue to me. No, I don't. Uh, I do not disagree with that at all. I'm a hundred percent on board. First of all, I, you know, here at SFG, we do not like lots of titles, and AEW already has a lot of titles. Um, never mind adding interim titles. Uh, you know, and why don't we just give everyone a title? Like right. shit, why not? Um, we have fake titles. We have the was a FTW title. We have <laughs> like. We have titles coming in from other companies where yeah, they're not. We even have on the two show. company. We have we have another company within a company. It's yeah. like they're they're. It's like Inception. You know, just putting other things inside. It's it's too much. It, it's overcrowded. That's what it is. But oh. Bob, I, I I think we we've been we've been keeping Bobby at bay here. So Bobby, I, yeah. I you, well, I'm you paraphrasing for another uh, SFG former castmate. Uh, but I believe it was Mango who said, 
if you have many champions, you have no champions. Ah, the wise Wise mango. Yeah, we have the oracle and then the wise man. (laughs) The wise man. We're not talking about Paul Heyman? Yeah, no, we're not. We're not. We're talking about Matt Manganelli. But no, he's he's not wrong, and I think we all agree there. Um, yeah. But but no, I I, I you know I thought uh, you know seeing her as champion is great. Um, mm-hmm. You know Jade Cargill, you know continues her dominance, and she's a beast. I wish she wrestled more. Like she's just she kind of she's like the more. she's got like the Brock Lesnar effect. She just doesn't have to wrestle, but it becomes overbearing when you are a champion that long and you're that good and you're just not showcased has she let me ask you <coughs> let me ask you this question <coughs> excuse me has she faced um Britt baker i don't think i've seen that no she yet. hasn't faced her yet i don't believe i would like to see that match i mean i would too but i think i i want jade to keep wrestling i think she's she still needs more reps yeah she still needs more reps she needs to be in a, a, like a legitimate rivalry here because these are all little like pot shot flavor of the week kind of rivalries which is fine but i i don't know this this streak that she has going on doesn't feel that important yeah it's good it's good don't get me wrong i she i think there's a lot of talent there she needs more reps she needs to be wrestling on a consistent basis she needs to be wrestling people better than her because they give her a lot of squashes and sure that protects her to a certain degree, but yeah, in order for her to grow as a performer, she's gonna have to work with somebody who's really good and yeah. who's better, and might end up showing her up a little bit because everybody this this kind of business thrives on competition, and the only way that happens is if you're working with somebody equal to or better than you. Yep, iron sharp, sharpens iron, dude. You're 100 right. No, I I I agree there. Um, uh, let's let's hit on a couple more and then get on to our preview because we got yeah a, a big uh, big Survivor Series coming up here. But um, I do want to touch on your thoughts on the um, the trios match, right? Yeah. Um, and you know the elite coming back and mm-hmm. and and you know uh, you know what did you think of that? I thought it was I, I thought it was actually a nice little feel good moment. You know I I didn't expect the the uh, Kansas music, but I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was a good choice, kind of an appropriate theme where they had on the screen carrying on. I think in many ways that is what AEW is trying to do. And that that's why I said before, I'm not trying to, to really shit on them too much. I get that this is a bit of a transition. They're trying to move on from all the, the, the locker room turmoil, the CM Punk presser, all of that shit that I think really put a bad taste in fans' mouths about them. So I think this is sort of their road to recovery in many ways and and really you know the the elite love them or hate them are a foundation of this company so i think it's good to have them back the crowd was clearly invested in it i thought the match was great you know kenny omega looked awesome he looked in much better shape than he did before uh when he when he came back a couple of months ago so he's only had more time to heal up from his injuries um you know i'm a little surprised with the finish though with yeah. that hammer shot from Ray Phoenix, I, I'm not entirely sure where the death triangle goes from here because there's a bit of some moral ambiguity. But, uh, and then finding out that they're going to do a best of seven series—that's a that is a bold move. 
Well, I was just going to say, yeah, I was just going to say, I don't really understand it, right? Like, uh, the trios belts to me are great, but like, why are the elite in there? Kenny, Kenny Omega is like one of the biggest stars you have. Why is he not doing singles matches? Yeah. Like, why is he not? Why are we doing trio matches with him? That makes no sense. They got to get back to building him as that star, uh, again. And the thing that you, you said in the, uh, the blog that I was like, yeah, that's a really good point. How far the fans have come from one of the biggest comebacks of all time with CM Punk. You could arguably say the reaction he got the night he came back was one of the best reactions of a returning wrestler in the history of wrestling. And then all of a sudden a year later, the chant, the, the fans are chanting fuck CM Punk, right? That it's it's almost I think I wrote it in there. It's it's poetic that they got to that point. When you look at over the court from 2014 to 2021, when he came back, those fans were rabid every time there was a little bit of a lull. They would be chanting CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk. They they were frothing at the mouth for this guy to come back into wrestling. They got what they wanted and it was glorious. And then to watch the deterioration of that over the course of a year is uh, is kind of like mind-boggling that it got to that point so quickly. Yeah, and, and it is. I have a lot more thoughts on it, but this isn't the podcast for that today. But it's 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 kind of sad. It's heartbreaking. Yeah, but I think it's. it's just... I I think if you look at it too, it's kind of like the fans that are in that like AEW are hardcore AEW, right? They mm-hmm. appreciate the fact that this business came. They had something other than WWE to watch and CM Punk for a while was, you know, anti WWE. And they're all like, yeah, yeah, let's go CM Punk. And then all of a sudden he went after the guys that started the company. And it was one of those things where it's like, okay, now uh, he's going after these guys and making them look stupid. And they had to choose a side and Mm. they chose the side of AEW. Right. And, And I think that's that's the loyalty of the fans. It's just interesting that it happened, well, and I, I'll leave it at that. Well, I all right. This is the last thing we'll say, and then we'll we'll keep going because I want to talk about Soraya's return and the MJF. But it's funny that this AEW crowd seems to have learned from the WWE crowd because those same people chose Punk last time. He walked out. And instead of backing the company and saying, well, you know, he decided he didn't want to do business and he left. And so fuck him. They got on W. They, they got on CM Punk side and we're just like, oh, this guy got screwed. He needs his return. He needs his title match. He needs his WrestleMania main event. There was all of this empathy for him and he lost all of that. All of that goodwill was undone in a matter of 20 minutes in that presser. Yeah. I mean, it was it, it was it really building was. arguably throughout the year that he was there, but yeah. it, it really just tipped the scales. So I, I find it really interesting that the crowd sort of decided, the audience has decided, well, we're actually going to back this company here because we we believe in them more than we believe in you at this point. Because right. fool me once, shame shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you. You know, agreed. No, I I agree. Oh, I and didn't I... get that right. I just said it wrong. I'm I'm a regular George Bush. 
Oh, no, that's a that's a vetoism. That's a vetoism when I mix things up <laughs> completely. Um, all right, well, we can revisit this on another yeah. podcast, but yeah. I do want to touch on one more thing before we move on to Survivor Series. Um, and I believe Bobby Stone is signing off. So we want to thank the leader of men for yes. making it back on the podcast. Thank you, and Bobby. hopefully we'll see you soon. Um, and it was a pleasure having you. Gentlemen, thank you for having me. Can't wait to be back again. Keep it going. All right. Bobby, love you. So the last thing I want to touch on is um, MJF, right? My man, my boy, the man, right? He's better than you and you know it, becoming AEW champion. Um, It was, for me, you know, I think we all saw it coming, right? We knew what was going to happen. Um, but I, I also look at it like, hey, you know, John Moxley took the reins. It was the transition in what was going on with CM Punk, and someone had to kind of take the take the uh, the the reins at that moment. And he, I think Moxley did a great job, right? And mm-hmm. uh, now I, I really hope that MJF really takes uh, takes the uh, takes the cake here and yeah. takes the ball and, and runs with it. I mean, this is his chance, right? Like he's great on the mic. Everyone seems to love him. Mm-hmm. He's, he's AEW's prize. Let's see what he does with it. Yeah. You know, I I'm, I'm happy for the guy. I, this is his win to me feels anticlimactic in many ways. And maybe I'm alone in this, but to me, it comes back to the CM Punk thing. It's sort of a ripple effect of that. Because yeah. the end of that all-out pay-per-view, CM Punk wins, MJF comes out, and has the... what He won the, that, the ladder match, right? So he was able to cash yeah. in and get a title shot. Yeah. And I think, given the history of the rivalry they had, and, and it was arguably Punk's best rivalry while he was there during that run, was against MJF. And MJF brought out a lot in him. But I feel like... It was building for that to be the case. It was building for MJF to dethrone Punk. Yeah, I know. And I feel like that would have been much sweeter. Yeah. And unfortunately, they never got to that. So I feel as though, once again, Moxley is put in a kind of a, a really tough position. Of course he is. And, and so I don't, I don't blame him. It was the position that they were in. And, uh, you know, I so I just found myself wondering how much sweeter could this have been if it was MJF penning CM Punk at the end of that match so I, I thought it was good I, I'm happy for him the crowd was clearly there he, they a lot of Long Islanders took the trek to New Jersey for this show and and that's that's encouraging to see but we'll see what happens going forward I, I think now they got this out of the way like I, I I honestly think that they just plugged in Moxley for Punk they did so they can continue this story with MJF and now that MJF is there he took over Regal turned, which we kind of, I mean, who didn't see that coming, right? It yeah. was very, very uh, on the nose there. They, they put it all out. But I, I, I think it's good. I, I'm looking forward to see now what they do, because that's yep. sort of the last remnants of the punk thing. It's just now, now you finish that storyline. He's the champion. Let's see what he, let's see what we do. Let's see what he does. He was already, did you see his uh, presser? Sure did. Sure did. It's just, he's something else. He's special. He's definitely special. Oh, what did you think about it? 
you know me. I'm an MJF Mark. I know so how much I, I just, uh, to me, he's compelling TV. It's enjoying to watch. You want to hate the guy, but I laugh and love him. Like, it's just that that's how I've always been with, yep. with some heels. Mm-hmm. And he does a great job. Um, you know, uh, I, I'm excited to see how it goes. And it just seems like, you know, every rivalry he's been in has been, you know, the TV that I feel most compelled to watch. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's what I do. And we'll have to see how he can mix it up now that he's champion. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. But yeah. uh, well, before, if you don't mind, before Not we get to Survivor Series, I want to just, I feel like we owe it to Paige slash yep. Soraya to just give uh, some props for her being back after yeah. five years with a neck injury. I think a lot of people on Twitter were not as forgiving of the fact that she has not been able to be in a ring in five years. Right. And I think it's, she had noticeable ring rust, but I, I think this is, she needed to do this to sort of get her legs back under her to be in a real match environment. Again, I thought Britt Baker was, was a good wrestler to do that with. You can tell that she took care of Soraya throughout that match. It was a slow match. It was deliberate. I think that's what was needed from Soraya to start feeling comfortable again. And now it's sort of like, I got it out of the way. I got over the hump. I did the first match. And now it's all uphill from here. That's the way I take it. And it's going to be important for Soraya in terms of the choice of opponents going forward. Agreed. People that, again, it's almost like Jade. She's like, she's going to need to be in there with people who are good who are technically sound, who can take care of her in that match. Because she's going to have to keep growing in her comfort. And then you'll you'll see it in the quality of the matches. You, you'll yeah. be able to tell when she's fully comfortable again. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I thought it was a great moment and um, glad to see her back in the ring. But yeah. uh, if we're summing it up here, uh, what, what would you give the grade for, for full gear? B minus. Yeah, I'd probably give it that too. Um, wasn't their best, wasn't their worst, but it was pretty good, you know? Right. Too long, cut a few matches, and you'll be fine. Agreed. All right, let's switch gears here. Um, From full gear to switching gears. um, Ah, nice. Uh, On the nose, Vito, on the nose. Um, Survivor Series. Uh, The starting from Gorilla Cruise going. Uh, Oh, yeah, We're going to be special guests up in a a luxury suite box, and um, super excited. our, Our presence will be felt there. And, um, oh, yeah. we're, we're excited to, to go and, uh, love the fact that it's going to be a, a war game style. Uh, I'm not as super familiar with war games as, as most people are. So I'm, I'm excited to see it. The match card doesn't look like it's too crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like uh, a million matches on the card here. Um, but they've set up a few, few cool things that, that I'm excited about. So, um, let's, let's get right into it, Mikey. What, uh, yeah. what are you looking forward to most? Uh, well, b- before I get into that, let me give you a quick rundown of the card. So yeah. I, I, I put okay. it on our little, our little dock here. Yeah, let's do it. So in, in stark comparison, stark contrast really to full gear, this has one, two, four matches right there's now. I guarantee it. Well, I, there, there's well, one I don't know. Mi- it's the week of, so there's they, one you're, still- there's one you're missing on here. That's a triple threat for the United States championship between oh. Seth, Seth Rollins, Bobby Lashley, and, um, and the man they call theory. Angry theory. Oh, uh, okay. All right. I'm I'm updating it now. Yep. All right. So, f- my my mistake. Five matches. So, and I think there's going to be a couple more. One that I'm going to talk about. But go ahead. Oh let's boy. Give you the oh boy. You, so, uh, you know, I think, I think what I'm really looking forward to is seeing how War Games translates to the main roster. 
And I th- this feels like a big gamble by Triple H, who got War Games pretty well established down in NXT. And there's a few people who have been in some War Games matches down there that are currently going to be in this one. So I think that'll be helpful for some of the the men and women who aren't familiar with sort of the match layout and helping them get acclimated to it. But I like it. For so Vito, have you ever watched a War Games match? First it's off? been a while. Okay. Um, you know, you know I, the general premise of it, right? It's it's, it's, rings, it's so- one cage. Yeah, but it's it's kind of like a mix of that and then like elimination chamber where certain people come in yeah. at certain times, right? Yeah, it's sort of it's actually kind of a a variation of a Survivor Series elimination. That's right. kind of the way I look at it. Okay. So it, it's it starts out with two people, and then after whatever amount of time, another person gets released in, and nobody is able to officially win the match. No team until all members are in from both teams. Gotcha. So, and then in that case, it's just pinfall or submission. Gotcha. Okay. What if someone gets pinned before the, uh, they the won't, team? It, won't, it they, doesn't they count. They don't. Okay. It doesn't count. All right. They, they, okay. Don't, they won't even take the fall until all okay. members are in. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I, I'm excited for it. I mean, um, you know, I, I, I think it'll be very, I love gimmick matches like that, especially yeah. ones that are set up well. And it, it's fine as long as it's not the whole pay-per-view based around it. I'm fine with that, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, I, I I think that they've done a great job of setting up. I, it's great to see the brawling brutes getting in there and I know the, the main event there. And we're going to get a little KO and um, little I, I'm excited. Bloodline excited about that. Um, I, you know, I, I think the other match that's on there too, outside of the war games, you have the women's uh, war games, which will be really good too. Dude. And there's a mystery opponent, which we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. I think, think we have a, a listener question kind of related to around that so i'll i'll hold off but uh you got finn baylor versus aj styles which i think you know finn is really gaming gaining steam here Dude. and he feels like he's back to a little bit of his yep old self which yeah. i like um so we'll see what happens there and then you have shotzi versus uh ronda rousey which will be a a pretty good match but the one, the one thing I think um, that's missing on there, I don't know if you've watched SmackDown over the last few weeks, but LA Knight um, mm. has started to get involved with Bray Wyatt. And I think um, there's going to be a, a match. I th- you know, I think it go a couple ways, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if there's going to be Bray all of a sudden getting the Fiend back and he shows up as the Fiend on uh at the pay-per-view in a match against la night or um i don't know if it's they do a segment in there where uncle howdy comes back and it's bray's (laughs) brother like this could go a bunch of different ways to me it feels like there's going to be a match because there's just not a lot on the card um so that might be purposeful because those war games matches are probably long long. yeah i think i i i would say that it's it's in my view, I think it's more likely that Knight and Bray will have some sort of segment thing. Because I, did you watch SmackDown last week? I did. So if he like he already like took him out, like dumped a bunch of shit on LA Knight. So I don't know if like LA Knight's not going to make it, and then this kind of yeah. carries over to like you know a special edition of SmackDown where Bray Wyatt will be on there. But yeah, it also I, that feels like it it diminishes Bray as like an attraction. So I don't yeah, know, and I don't know where they would go. 
let's be realistic here. I love Bray Wyatt and I loved everything they did about bringing him back. But for God's sakes, it's been enough with him and his segments about everything. Like it's time for him to let's get to some end result here of what's going on. Like I, 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 I'm fine with everything, but it's like every week it's just him talking about, I have this rage built up inside of me and, and whatnot. And it's like, I can only do so much. You gotta, you're going to build me up. You got to give me a payoff here. Like, you know, and it's, if, if they don't do it at a pay-per-view, um, I'd be shocked. Uh, but something, I, I just, something's going to happen. Like, what is the deal with Wyatt six? Do they even know where they're going with this whole thing? Like, well, here's the thing. Like who said that it's the Wyatt six, like somebody is making this up. Like this was not, this is not even announced on TV. Like you realize that that was all something that somebody on Twitter posted and everyone just decided that it was a thing. Then what the hell was the segment when he came back uh, at Extreme Rules? I think it was Rules? more artistic than anything. I don't. Mm. I think people read too much into it. Like it was going to be mm. this huge stable. I think it was more like there. These were the physical embodiments of the different aspects of his personality. So I don't think. I, I think people kind of read too much into it and thought there was going to be some crazy thing. Like relax. Sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. Re- like chill out. It, yeah. I think it was just for the theatrics of his character, which is it's very much in line with. Yeah, and and a lot fair. the way I see Bray right now is he is a guy who is trying to be Bray again, and part of that is having to confront these other aspects of his personality. So I uh... I, I think these things will continue to pop up occasionally, and this Uncle Howdy thing is sort of the the newest one to come from that. Huh. That's that's my take on it. Very artistic. That's, that's well the character. The the inner veto inside of me says he wants a payoff, and that's what I want. <laughs> well, so. I do too. I agree with you. I agree. With you. He's like he's he's on uh, the one thing I will say is he's on that that Veer Mahan train. You know, like remember, yeah. like all the like yeah. for months yeah. on Raw, they were like Veer Mahan is coming, and it, like it was like six months before this yeah. guy ever showed up. So yeah. I, I think if, if we go six months without a match, then then I think there's real problems. But I don't think that's going to be the case. They will they will have him. I mean, let's be realistic. It's not like he's the best in-ring wrestler of all time. So I, Quite honestly, dude, we don't know if this LA Knight thing is kind of a ruse. And it's really just uh, kind of a... There's going to be something with Bray in the main event. I mean, we... Yeah. You don't know. What would you do... What would you do if the lights go out during the main event and the fiend comes out to challenge Roman Roman. Reigns? I mean, that would be (laughs) it's a possibility. You know, you just don't know. It's possible. So yeah, that's kind of the way I'm looking at it. Uh, It also would be fitting because Bray is on SmackDown. I mean, I mean, I I I mean, it's kind of a sidebar, but have you looked at SmackDown? It's kind of loaded. Yeah, SmackDown's roster is fucking loaded, man. But again, we go back to this. Is it SmackDown? Are they on Raw? Does it really matter? Like, it always... Who gives a shit about these brands, right? Like, at this point, I just want to see the best TV each night I watch TV. Yeah. Like, that's what I want to see. No, I... Quality listen, TV. I agree with you, but I'm just yeah. saying... I'm no, saying, I, agree. I, I agree. I I think that it's it's been pretty good. The, yeah, SmackDown oh, it is, is clearly the A show to me right now. Yeah. Oh, it's A no show. question. About and no both question. have been good. It's not that Raw's been bad by any stretch, but... yeah. Yeah, it's it's been a good two hour show, and that's that's all I'm looking for. Yep. All I'm looking for. So anyway, what are we? What are you looking forward to the most here? 
Um, <laughs> sitting in really nice seats watching yeah, the that show. Is be- <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Um, no, I, I, uh, I'm excited because this is going to be. I, I think Triple H wants us to to go off pretty well as the first war game survivor mm-hmm. series. Yeah. And I think they want to kind of survivor series has gone by the wayside over the last few years. And um, I think that this gives it a little bit more purpose. Uh, yeah. And I think he wants to keep it that way moving forward as a premium live event. That is going to be a, a, a big attraction for people. Right. Um, maybe not on the SummerSlam or, you know, Royal rumble or WrestleMania front, but you know, to that level to some degree. Um, and so I, I, I think that it's going to be, end up being a really good show regardless of, yeah, me too. of everything going on. So we'll, we'll have to see. I, I do find it interesting that they announced they're doing a press conference after the mat, after the, the show. Oh, like they came up with this idea. Like it was this big grand thing. Like new Japan's been doing it forever. aw has been doing it. And I do like it. Like you get some great yeah, things you, from it. So, right. And if you do it right it can just, it can just drive stories. Like that's yeah. really what it is. And, and yeah. new Japan is really the masterclass in doing that. AEW, yeah. as we've seen is hit or miss yeah. with their yeah. press conferences, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, who cares? It's some people are going to complain. Oh, they're copying them. Like they all copy each other. They uh, do. Let's face it. That's what all of this is. It's pro wrestling. They do. Yeah. And what else I'm excited about is I don't have to watch the stupid uh, commentary at the beginning of the mat of the pay-per-views, which I, can't stand the pre-shows with like Jerry, the King Lawler and all of them. I just, I can't stand that. It drives me crazy. It's like you have an hour of that and it's like them just talking about, you know, let, Dude, let's be realistic. You don't, you don't want all, the shucky ducky quack quack moment of the night. We, we, all, on, we all know it's fake. Like we don't need to act like we're going into the uh, NFL an NFL game here and you have to break down what people are doing. Like I, I just hate that. It drives me crazy. Just, yeah. you know, let's just go. If you want to recap the stories, fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I, I just don't like that whole pre-show. K-fabe, brother. K-fabe. Yeah. Just don't love it. <laughs> don't love it. What about yourself, Mikey? Uh, Honestly, I'm really looking forward to Balor and AJ. It's only yeah, happened once before and it was, it had no story to it. Cause I, I don't know if you remember, but uh, Balor was supposed to fight Bray Wyatt at uh, some, I forget the name of the pay-per-view, but basically Bray and a few other people had gotten like nasty, like staff infections and stuff. So like they couldn't travel and AJ Styles traveled like 18 hours to like get to, to the show. And it was him and him and Balor put on a clinic. So I can only imagine now that we actually have some storyline build up to this, as well as like the clear past that they're at WWE is actually referencing, which is another sign of some progress within them. Mentioning both of them as leaders of the Bullet Club, that's an unbelievable. Like you, I never thought that they would ever say those words on WWE TV. So I think it's just showing it's little step, baby steps. But I'm shocked. We'll take, sh- we'll take it. And I think it adds to the story that they're not afraid to just mention it. They didn't lose anything. If nothing else, it got people interested maybe in looking up some New Japan stuff, looking some clips up on YouTube of when Balor right. is the head of it. That's good. I'm shocked they actually are calling it war games. They have the word war in the yeah. title. Like, you know, it's like uh that that to me is a step in the right direction. Yeah. Um I I wish they would uh, I hope they do some like do what? From the past show clips of other war games from WCW. I bet they will. 
you know, and talk about it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, WCW is now part of WWE, so it's important to talk about that. Um, you know, they started it to some degree. Like it, it, they they had a lot of those war game matches. You're I think right. Dusty Dusty Rhodes was the one who really kind of brought it in there. You know. Mm-hmm. Vince uh, Russo's the king of the ladder match, and Dusty Rhodes the king of the no, not king of the king of king of the on a pole match, on a pole match. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so we'll we'll see. I'm I'm excited yeah. for it, but um, I think there's some listeners we or do. some questions we do. that I want to get into. So uh, we have we only have a couple of questions today, but this question is from a friend of the podcast, Jimmy. Jimmy asks, "Do you think anyone will make a return?" Cody, Matt Cardona, Sasha Banks, Becky. You know, I think for my money, I I think the return will be whoever that fifth person is on the women's team for the war games. I think that's going to be the, that person is, that's going to be the return. Whether it's Sasha or Becky, it's kind of a coin flip. I don't really know, but maybe the safer money's on Becky. I don't know. You know, I'm, I, what, what intrigues me about what's been going on with some of these returns is that I feel like Triple H leaks a few things to kind of sh- say who it's going to be and then swerves you by telling you other people, right? Mm-hmm. I think my money's on Sasha Banks. You're in our hometown. Good um, work. Uh, but there's a dark horse we didn't mention here that, you know, I don't see it happening, but, you know, I guess you never know because it's on the, the baby face side, right? That they need a partner or is on the heel side. I can't remember. It's on the baby face side. So yeah, Sasha would make sense. But you know, my other thought is Charlotte Flair. Ooh, didn't mention Charlotte I completely Flair. forgot about her. Yeah. I've completely but would she, forgotten. She, I, if it was on the, the heel side, I would say hundred percent Charlotte Flair. But yeah. I, I think ultimately it's going to be, going to be Becky. I don't think we'll see Cody Rhodes, but intriguing because they have mentioned several times that Dusty Rhodes is the father right. of the War Games match. So, um we'd have to see what happens there. I'm I'm uh, I I think there'll be some sort of surprise. So, yeah. great question, Jimmy. All right. Uh the next question is War Games or traditional Survivor Series, you know? Yeah. Which one? Yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Uh I would say War Games. I think it's more interesting. Yeah, me too. Um, but I, I am a traditionalist, and I, like I said, we talked about it earlier. I really do love the vignettes and the, the promos before the match with the Hulk Hogan. I think <laughs> they even had a, a Thanksgiving one um, that I posted before where he came out and he's like, "Well, well, brothers, you're going to take your vitamins, you're going to eat your turkey, and Hulk Hogan's going to come back with his team, and we're going to be victorious, brother. We're going to take out that team." And I don't remember who he faced. Couldn't remember anything. Dude. But I think they went through a whole list of stuff that they were eating for, for Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, do you want me to tell you who was on the first Survivor Series team match? Like, Yeah. So it was 1987. And it was a five on five. Uh, so Hulk Hogan's team consisted of himself, Ken Patera, uh, Mr. Wonderful, Don Morocco, and Bam Bam Bigelow. At one point, Bam Bam was a face. It's kind of wild. And he fought, he fought the team of Andre the Giant, Butch Reed, King Kong Bundy, One Man Gang, and Rick Rude. Wow. That's kind like, of a wild, that's a wild stacked team on both Yeah, ends. I would Holy say so. smokes. Yeah. Oh. Now, I want to go back and watch that. Yeah, I might have to. That might be the Thanksgiving one. 
Yeah. Yeah. That might be the thing. I think it was. I think it was, the, it was the very first one. Yeah. Well, Mikey, I'm excited. We'll have Me to too. see what happens here. Um, you know, uh, we'll, we'll give a great, great recap, you know, after we're back and, um, and, and we have our, our, our nice view from the, the luxury boxes. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how many times I've mentioned that, but I'm pretty excited about it. So um, any, any closing thoughts here before we sign off here today? I really don't have any closing thoughts. I, I just want to say, I hope everybody has a, a healthy and safe Thanksgiving. Hope you enjoy your time with your families and we're looking forward to continuing to, to, churn out some great episodes for you guys. Thank you for those who are listening and subscribing, continue to do so. And until next time, folks, keep on strutting. We now return your perception of reality to you until next time.